0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 podcast studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone podcast alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams. I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along as the NFL has descended in mass upon the Circle City, specifically Lucas Oil Stadium and the Indiana Convention Center downtown for the annual NFL Scouting Combine. GMs, coaches, scouts, everyone here to get a good... Bloggers,
1: everybody. Everybody,
0: up close and personal look at some of the best prospects coming out for the 2024 NFL draft. Fans are able to see the players in action. As we tape this podcast today, Thursday is the first day players will be on the field at Lucas Oil for those workouts, and that'll go through Sunday. Today, I believe it's defensive line linebackers, I think, are the first to go, and then different groups of players will be on the field uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, General Manager Chris Ballard spoke with the media just yesterday on Wednesday, so we made sure to, uh, to give you a Thursday podcast this week so we could adequately break down everything he had to say. We were and anticipating Shane Steichen as well. Unfortunately, that was not able to happen. Shane unavailable to speak. So it was just, uh, just he, Chris. He was
1: ill. He was not doing a Bella check.
0: Under the weather, yes, uh, Shane Steichen. So, uh, so so we'll take uh, we'll take Chris, and we, we realize that we would have gotten uh, 27 words total out of Shane anyway. And
1: uh, We're to, Not that the media or the public cares. We're supposed to talk to Shane next week. So Yes. The, the, the calls are very, very... Uh, Good about getting us personnel when when the situation's right.
0: So, so we'll get it. We'll be able to talk about that on next week's Colts Blue Zone podcast right here. So download, briefer, subscribe, briefer. exactly. Yeah, get us uh, delivered to your podcast listening device as soon as that drops next week. Um, also, the NFLPA gave out its uh what is now appearing to be an annual report card of teams. Um, just. Evaluating uh, different franchises for for different levels of uh, I guess quality for for players' experience, whether it's uh, training staffs, whether it's uh, locker rooms, amenities, uh, travel. family travel, a lot of different things that uh, that players are able to grade, and uh, and the Colts got got their own grade, which. Uh, well, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. It, it's it's not not the worst, certainly, but it's definitely no, not Washington the, best is either. the worst. Washington is the worst, and uh, the the good news is a uh, fellow AFC South team, the Jaguars, no longer have rats in their locker room, guys, because uh, because ba- they, have, they have a new locker room, baby steps, exactly. So uh, so that's uh, no more rats uh, in Jacksonville. So they got that going for them.
2: Unbelievable.
0: That was last year. That was I, I, had, I had
2: forgotten all about that. Oh but yeah, It brings a smile to my face. Oh yeah, oh
0: yeah. So so well,
1: well, we didn't have rats
0: exactly, and even though the rats were gone last year, the cold still couldn't get a win down there in Jacksonville. That is still me. So uh, when uh, maybe on the uh, on the Colts report card, they have to put a note that said Dave cannot travel to Jacksonville anymore. Uh, and they, they gave uh, their team uh, F's for uh, for allowing me to to still continue to make that trip trip year after year and uh, see them lose in a different fashion down there year after year. But anyway, uh, no need to, to delve too far into that. Um, like I said, defensive line linebackers today at the combine Fridays, defensive backs and tight ends. Saturday, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, Sunday's the offensive line. All that coverage is on the NFL network. It starts in the afternoon every day, three o'clock for the next couple of days, one o'clock on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so lots of NFL coverage and draft coverage for those of us, uh, who love that thing. And some people certainly dive into it a whole lot more than others. The underwear Olympics, um, but but it's it, it it's here chat because it matters in many different ways it matters um, you, you've you've been a proponent over the years and you've said it here on the podcast that, that the medical aspect of the combine could be the most important aspect and, and it's funny because my wife works as a communic- in communications for the IU School of Medicine so like she's been trying to she's been getting some requests from different media members because IU uh, health right. doctors who also are affiliated with the IU School of Medicine uh, are, are getting like media requests for stuff like this and media are finding out like news media like you, you can't go to Lucas Oil Stadium and, and be down in the field and you can't Get doctors performing uh, these physical tests. You can't get video of them uh, right. f- performing vis- physical tests on players, which has made me laugh. Uh, some of the requests that she, but anyway, again, that that's that's also neither here nor there for what we're trying to say today. But but all that to say, chap, that what's going on today uh, is is a is a very important weekend for for NFL uh, scouting departments across the country.
1: Yeah, we talked. One of the hot topics, or I guess, interesting things is Marvin Junior. Marvin Harrison Junior. is not working out or he won't work out at his pro day and he just he's basically saying this is me i'm I, he wants to train for football you know specific drills as opposed to so much of what they do at the combine even pro days it's it's the 40 and it's 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 speed it's almost a track audition but someone asked uh, Ballard. Yesterday, is when do you think more more athletes might do this? He said, "Not everybody's Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, see that's that's the thing. It, it's it's when players the very very rare time that players have leverage, they use it. Go back to Eli Manning and San Diego in, in the draft. I mean, it's John Elway. Go back further, John Elway. When you have leverage, you do it. But this Marvin is is an aberration." It's and although we talked we, uh I talked to Brock Bowers today, and he may not work out. Some players don't, they, they really prefer to have uh the more more the more controlled, player controlled work out of their pro day. Right. Where it's their people, it's their trainers. And if I'm a receiver, I understand that. I mean, because part of what they do is they put you through routes and you've got a quarterback from from Georgia throw to a receiver from LSU or from the Liberty. And and if you don't know that much about the quarterback or the receiver, then then maybe you look bad. So I understand that. But I still think any team that still weighs heavily on-field drills is just doing it wrong. You've got two, three, four years of tape. You're going to see their pro day. And I tend to think that if if a player plays poorly – it raises red flags as opposed to having a good pro day. Say, oh, you we got we got to look at this guy again. No, that's that's where you're wrong. So, it's medical, it's psychological testing, which I include in meeting with teams, mm-hmm. and, and, and then how do they perform? Because you a lot of and Ballard mentioned it. You really like to see these guys out there. It says something about the player when he's willing to go head to head against his peers on the same day on the same field but i understand why some players don't want to do it and won't do it
0: right and and if you're marvin harrison junior matt there's there's very little that you can gain through a scenario like this working out at the combine for for many players there is something that they can gain like absolutely He's not in that category.
2: Well, clearly without measurables for Marvin Harrison Jr., he's going to drop out of the top ten, right? Right. You, right? You know what I mean? Like you would be insane to say, oh well, he didn't run his forty time. We can't pick him now. It's all in the plan for him to come to Indianapolis, guys. They're hoping he drops to fifteen. That's or right. if he
1: gets to thirteen, you can trade up two yeah. spots. Yeah. Maybe Chris would trade up two spots.
0: He'd be he'd be willing
1: to do that. To in the think first for round. people who think he's gonna trade four, five and you're gonna have to go to four. Mm-hmm. You're, a team is going to have to go to four to get marvin harrison or higher but probably or four. higher probably, probably. yeah I, it just kind of depends I, I, you just have to believe that the 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 way the draft always goes and the desperation where desperation meets a pretty good group of quarterbacks right it's hard i mean new england doesn't take a quarterback at three i mean really what yeah. are you doing right so but no it it's it's really interesting uh and again we, it's talking to ballard is really i i enjoyed he doesn't say a lot He's very good at saying nothing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, he, he doesn't tip his hand. Somebody actually said, what are you going to do at number 15? And he kind of rolled it. He rolled his eyes as soon as I did. <laughs> but but he, he gives you some ins and outs, and we'll talk about it. But he, he he's it's always – and we get better things from him. You know, the way it works, we get 15 minutes at the podium, we meaning the media. And then the local guys, we, we go around the corner, and we get another 10 or 15 minutes. And he's normally better there. And I'll just say the one one bit of news, if you want to call it that, that came out of it was in our second session, Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman. And then I finally, I I asked him, I said, as you stand here, do you, whether it's by the franchise tag or by a long-term contract, will Michael Pittman be a Colt in September? And he said, yes, which is the first time he's actually, I mean, we've, we've known it and speculated they're not letting Michael Pittman go anywhere. Right. And that's that's is you like you said,
0: the one bit of significant news to, to come out of this. I, I say significant in the fact that we all expected it, but it, it is it is something that's direct from, from Chris Ballard saying that uh, that that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a cult. That is not a surprise based on everything that Chris Ballard has said about Michael Pittman Jr. in the past, based on... Which he said again. Exactly. About how he's our kind of guy. Echoing it again. Based on everything that everyone else around Michael Pittman Jr. in in the locker room, in terms of weapons uh, out wide. He is by far and away the only number one option right now that is is in that locker room. And if you're trying to develop a young quarterback, you don't let your best, most talented players walk out the door. So... So is it surprising? No, but is it uh, an important step forward? Yes, something is going to happen to keep Michael Pittman in this room, uh, in this in this building. Um, I would still not be surprised if it is the franchise tag that's used because it's only a couple more days now. Yeah. Um, well, but again, you, you do
1: that and then you still work on the long term deal right, until exactly. what is it? July, I yes. think it is.
0: And, and that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's not going to be. It, <clears throat> I think that like Michael Pittman, based on everything that he has said, again on the other side of this, uh, he wants to go out and and see what his value is, and I get that completely. So, so even if there is an attractive offer from the Colts in front of him right now, if I take Michael Pittman Jr. at his word, he will still probably would prefer take the franchise tag and go out and listen to other teams, unless the Colts just
1: blow him out of the water. Blow him out of the water. Which, if I'm the Colts, you right now you're bidding against yourselves, right? So there's no need to do that, right? right now, so, but it, to me it would now, if the Colts, if if the common ground is four years and let's say hundred million,
0: which well, twenty five million, what, what that, it? that's the AJ Brown contract from two years the ago, top, it's four years, hundred. The top
1: eight receivers are making twenty three, and the top five are making twenty five. Is it? Is yeah. that what it is? But as we've talked, and it, this will probably come down to well, how much money is guaranteed? That's if if you're a player in any sport, guaranteed money. We've seen we're seeing players get cut now when they were due x number of millions, and they're not getting that. So, but but I it, I, I agree with you. it. It just does unless the culture just go bonkers on a contract. It behooves Pittman to just see what's out there, because mm-hmm. uh, again I I just I don't see. I think there will be a team willing to pay him. 25, 26, let's say 27 because it's the open market. Let's just say that. But Who would have thought
0: that Christian Kirk would have gotten
1: the contract correct, he had a correct. couple years ago? So, like you said, more, the fifth was more team. accomplished. Yes. But would they also be willing to give up two first round draft picks? Yeah. To, that, that, that would, to me, would be the sticking point. Ballard would probably take two because we know he loves them picks. He does. But but then then you create, if you do that, then you've created such a massive hole mm-hmm. that you have to fill. And. It's not, it's, I always say it's easy to cut players or let them go and it's hard right. to replace them, especially a number one receiver.
0: And, and like you said, there are maybe there are different first round picks are more valuable than others. You like want
1: if, KC's first round exactly. pick or you want or you
0: want uh, the Bears first The Bears round first, first round, round pick. Round pick. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little different. So I mean, and, and if you look at this from a Kansas City standpoint, you're, you're like, oh, um, maybe maybe the Chiefs would actually dare to um, do this. Well, the thing about Kansas City, you also have to remember they did not pay Tyreek Hill just a year or two ago. And like he was thirty million, of course. That's 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 really big money.
1: But that shows um, you what it only takes one team to set the market
0: exactly yes but so it, it, like you you look at Kansas City and you're like well maybe they wouldn't go for Michael Pittman because they already declined their wide receiver who is proven to be more than Michael Pittman Jr at least at this point of both of their careers uh, in, in the NFL so so it's it boy it would take it would take a team it, it would be very surprising I guess for a team to offer a contract that is more than the Colts would want to match and give up two first round picks to get him it, it's an unlikely scenario so that's why Chris Ballard Matt, comes right. out and tells us.
2: He's going to be a cult in the fall. Well, and, and I mean, and just it's a different position, completely different situation. But you just we had so many teams that were starved for what are we going to do a quarterback? What are we going to do a quarterback? And nobody would go for Lamar Jackson last year because they didn't want to give up those two draft picks. Those two first round picks. We're looking at wide receivers here. And, and yeah, that. Position has taken an outsized importance in the league over the last few years, for sure.
0: Collusion, Matt. <laughs> Collusion.
2: But, like, if you're not going to give up two first-round picks for a franchise quarterback, I cannot yeah. see you doing that for a wide receiver, even though, you know, Pitt is accomplished and he's young. Right. But but here's the deal with Pitt also. He's not he's not a pro bowl wide receiver. True. Guy. Like, he's, he's, he's not the elite of the elite. He's
0: not Justin Jefferson here. We're, we're not talking about that level right now. Like, we like Pittman here. We like him a lot he has scratched his potential and done different things in different years. Like last year, the last two years, really, he's been more of a possession receiver. Mm -hmm. Three years ago, when you know who was here, he was more of a downfield guy. Yeah, Yeah. And so, but again, the last two years, the quarterbacks throwing him the ball have not been the proper quarterbacks to push the ball down the field. So you figure you mix what you have seen from him over the couple years of his career. If you have a quarterback consistently who can get him the ball at different levels of the field, that he can showcase all of those talents and be a well round, more well rounded wide receiver in the future, and, and so that that's why we're talking about him in the twenty three, twenty five million dollar category. Even though you think maybe any one year out there maybe doesn't deserve quite that attention, but again, you're, you're betting on you're betting on what he's going to be if you get everything mixed together uh, from, from what you've seen in his first couple of years of his career.
1: I've so you again, know, I've always argued to some point that you, I would like to see more. You'd like more out of Pittman. Yeah. But how much of that is him? How much is that, again, like you talked about, is the team limiting the the, the yards per catch and down the field? Every Everybody wants Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Mahomes. You, you want those guys. But there's only five or six of those guys. Everybody wants Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs or, 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 or T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins is sort of the same, a little more explosive – but but it's okay to not have that guy and and if you don't have that guy you got you still have to have to have to have a guy that is near that level so is pittman a top 10 receiver i can probably find 10 guys i would rather have ideally as i could find x number of quarterbacks i'd rather have than anthony richardson but you still have to have quality at the position and as we've talked about they've sort of and you talk about they've sort of painted themselves into this corner that they they have to they have to retain Pittman because there's no plan B say you let him, say you you don't put the tag on him or th- then then you're going to pay 26 27 million dollars for mike Evans and I'd rather have despite Evans's body of work would you take Pittman I don't know that, that that'd be a tough one because mm-hmm. because because Evans has been pretty darn good scoring 10 plus touchdowns a year for... now he's he's four years older probably but yes I, i've always taken whenever we talk you see the long-term answer in my mind i've gone from long-term is like three years right unless you're a quarterback it's, it's give me three years and then we'll talk about it but it, it again i failing a, a long-term deal it'll be the franchise tag. And, and I've talked about, we may have mentioned it last week is I, I in, in my heart, Ballard knows that we we can get this thing done long-term or we can't. And the one negative on this contract, I think is the deadline. Isn't until like July, you, you know, and, and things get done on deadlines. So as much as you want it done now so you don't have to franchise him, you can extend this. There's there's nothing precluding you from from, from getting a long-term deal done in the summer because that's when the, the, the deadline is. And, and, again, everything gets done on deadlines, and there's no real hard deadline right now to get this done or else. So so with that the case, that's where we are. Michael
0: Pittman Jr. will no doubt provide updates over the coming weeks based on uh, what happens. And next week we'll You think know. it's
1: franchise tag. You, I think you, it's franchise tag. Okay, but do you think it's franchise tag for the season? Mm-hmm. Or until the summer no,
0: I think it's until the summer I, I think I think Pittman goes out and sees what's out what else is out there Agreed. and I think he probably signs whatever deal the Colts maybe even the same one the Colts have in front of him right now we'll we'll, we'll see but but the old
1: Jonathan Taylor Oh, we' think of it yeah. maybe three years 42 million right and that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so it, we, it just depends on whether a team is willing yeah. to roll the dice yeah, I, on
2: those first round picks to give them an offer yeah
0: shoot. my 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 spitball is four years ninety six or four years ninety eight something around that fifty sixty
2: guaranteed yeah
0: right around right
1: around that range so it, we'll, so we'll see. yeah we will that, see. that makes a lot of sense to me but just, it only takes one team yeah, to, exactly. talk, to to yes. overpay so Christian Kirk no, no, no. exactly who, yeah, who yeah, proved yeah. to be worth the cost actually, actually pretty durable, he's yeah, been very right? good for them mm-hmm. so
2: it's it's funny that, that it was derided but it worked oh, out really right well I, for I thought it was crazy absolutely yep, so did I and it worked out great for Jacksonville.
0: Anthony Richardson has been making some progress. Chris Ballard speaking about AR. Uh, not not too much. Uh, that's that's beyond uh, what he we he didn't move know. the needle a lot more. But no, exactly. I mean, we're, we're not going to know anything until he's on the field and a- until he's like with his teammates, until he's practicing, and like everyone's going to say he he wants uh, he wants to push it. Richardson does. Ballard said his job the uh, the training staff job is I've to been say there, whoa, been there
1: before, I'm not doing it again. Exactly. So
0: it'd be like ah ah ah. This is not the path we're going down. So. Um, trying to to keep the uh, the
1: train on the rails as uh, as it moves forward at the same because time because like you said there, there, there's no reason now you you want him making his regular progress yeah he doesn't need to be ready until. May and no one's uh, no one's afraid of him not being ready right. in May right now. That's the
0: thing. So so pr- re- steady regular progress will get you there. Uh, you, you you anticipate at least right now. So so there's there's no sense in in pushing things when there's nothing to push for. Again, you like you say, deadline spur action. The deadline isn't until May. Uh, uh,
1: that's fine. I, and that's a soft deadline, right? It's I mean, a you, very you, soft you want him deadline. out there when when you're about. You, you get. A, I think they start off season work in. Middle of April, second of April. But the first, like, three weeks are are conditioning and things. Right. And then you ramp it up. football. And then it's OTAs. He needs to be out there for OTAs. He just does, and he probably will be. Uh,
0: Brayden Smith did have surgery on his left knee. Uh, Smith missed seven games on and off last season, came back for the last couple, where you can tell he was laboring, but he was... Probably the Colts' most valuable offensive lineman in those last couple games of the season, as he finished off very much in pain. Um, but but Smith did have a procedure there, a procedure. Um, and you
1: uh, say procedure or surgery? How, was I thought a... I had read surgery. Oh well, I'll, well excuse n- me. It
2: n- 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 was serious. Yeah, it must be really serious. It's entirely possible that he said procedure during the during the presser.
1: Or... That's just so crazy the way they do that.
0: No procedures for Jonathan Taylor, who had been injured in that final game of the season. So you never know um how just how serious it was but uh but nothing there for for him um chris ballard also gave a uh, a brief jim ursay update uh saying that he is doing well making improvements you know still plugged into the process of getting he's taking one step forward so nothing nothing significant on that front
1: other than, it, it, it was it was more than when he at the uh at the end of the season he said he's stable Right. So this was much, much more expansive. I mean, and and that's where we are with this is we're looking for more. And, and, you know, we keep him plugged in and, you know, he 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 stays involved. You know how he loves the team. So I thought what he said yesterday was very encouraging. Yes. I still hope at some point either Jim or Carly talks. I I just do. And it's going to be really, really difficult for them to do that. Because the first parts of the questions are going to be, what's going on? Right. You know, what have you been through and and all this? And and, and I understand the family privacies and all this, but this is a little different because this is the owner of your team. And so we'll see. We've got the owner's meetings coming up in late March, I think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, will he be there? And right now I don't know. If he's not there, will Carly talk? Because she's almost always at league meetings. Right. I think Kalen might be as well. I, I I don't know, but Carly's sort of been the driving force. I think, mm-hmm. and then remember we always have Jim talk uh, during the draft. We go back in his office and view his Ringo Starr drums and all the all the stuff. But mm. it's a different time. But again, at some point, I I I just think there needs to be some clarification of he's doing this, but we're doing this Carly's doing this and you know I I assume Ballard's taking a stronger role but knowing Jim say this is his team and he he, it's for him it's family and team in that order and, and team's really important so uh it's just encouraging to see that he as he posted is it in early March or February that he was on the mend right and that's, that's,
0: that's just great news. Chris uh, Chris also added that he and Shane don't do anything without talking to, to Jim Irsay first, which, well, to be fair, there's nothing much for them to do right now except sign Michael Pittman
1: Jr. into a long-term In And the other free agents, too. Exactly, yes. So, but, but, and, and I think that's, you know, how often do they talk? I think they talk a lot. I mean Chris told me today, he said, yeah, he talked to Jimmy like 30 minutes last night. There are things that, that are going on now that have to go on. Again, free agency. The draft, not so much. I mean, as far as having to get things done right now, it's it, it's reshining your own guys and lining up which guys you might pursue in free agency, right? And I think that's still Chris and the personnel departments' uh, uh, view, and then it's putting price tags on that, and that's that's the the owner has to sign off on that, and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's funny we'll get to it about the report card, one of the down one of the areas the Colts were, were downgraded in was ownership. And, and players wondered if the owner was willing to pay to, 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 to field a strong roster. I think, who is this player? Because they've, they've overpaid to do that. So, you know, again, whatever they do in retaining their owner and free agency, Chris Ballard will have, will have flexibility in the backing of ownership to do, for the most part, whatever he wants to do.
0: Uh, Chris Ballard also spoke highly of uh, Jalen Jones, Juju Brents, the rookie cornerbacks last year, as well as Kenny Moore. And uh, so you, you, at, at this point, whenever a, a GM or a head coach is talking about a specific position, like if they're asked about a position, most of the time they'll talk about the guys they have in-house. So I, this is not not too much of a, a surprise, even though you'll see a lot of mock drafts uh, putting a cornerback to to the Colts. because I could see a corner. I, I yep. could. I, even even with such a focus in last year's draft on corner, I mean you forget oh, but they also drafted, Jones was a seven. Yeah, they also drafted Darius Rush and they let him go. They drafted three corners there last six. year. Yeah, yep. exactly in the preseason. <laughs> then they make a pick section like okay, that's enough. Uh, ha- have fun, and he ended up in Kansas City for a while. He ended up in Pittsburgh for a while. I don't know where he is right now. He might still be in Pittsburgh, but I forget. Um, uh, nevertheless, uh, so that that e- even if Chris Ballard is speaking highly, Chris, I mean uh, Chap of a. Uh, of a position right now I I would not take it to mean anything in terms of whether they will or whether they will not pursue it whether it's in free agency or the draft
1: he was asked about it's smoke screen season right he he was asked something which is a good question to ask of course and you knew what you were going to get they said well do you in your mind as you sit here today do you have a pretty good pretty good idea of what you want to do at 15 and who might be be there and he said yes why well, you want to share that? Uh, no. <laughs> so and again, for for anyone who thinks any GM is going to spill their guts and tell us what they're thinking, seriously, and what they're doing, they're crazy. Because this is this is the time which we always mention. This is the time that disinformation rules. You know, w- whether it's trying to leak information last year on C.J. Stroud that's going to drive him down, or or, and over the next month we're going to see. Caleb Williams and Drake May and is it Jaden Daniels? These guys are going to be ripped apart. Mm -hmm. They're going to be picked apart, and you're going to think, who would take this guy number one? Say suddenly these guys can't throw a football, and they've not played for you know months. But that's where we are. So I'm just warning people, or just be careful what you what you believe, because there's not much out there that's going to be true. Mm -hmm. And 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 the and the, the the ideas of what
0: the Colts can do with that first picker are so wide ranging because at 15, there's I've seen some um, some draft analysts uh, analyze this class and, and say that there's some teams out there that have between 20 and 30 first round grades on players. And a lot of the times it's between 10 and 20, uh, depending on the year. So it seems like there's more talent in the pool this year. So there will be more options wherever you can go, wherever it's – there's a lot of speculation in terms of, like, who fits where, who fits better. Like, there's a lot of talented players. You figure, oh, this this guy could help. Well, this guy could help, too. Well, it, it probably goes a long ways to, like, which what, – what analyst – how a specific analyst feels you should build a team. So then you should – if you're us and analyzing from the Colts' perspective, like just think of how the Colts have have built teams uh, in, in the past
1: with with um, and how, how Chris about what his his philosophies are. And you mentioned yesterday again protecting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Could they take an offensive tackle at fifteen?
0: Exactly, and, and like I said on on this podcast a couple weeks ago, like I I don't want to put that out of the realm of possibility. Even though you look at the Colts'
1: mm-hmm. offensive line and it performed pretty well. Everybody's last year, under contract. F- Everybody's coming back except Braden, relatively Ray- healthy.
0: But 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 what do you do with like if this is supposed to be a really good offensive tackle, specifically draft. And there's going to be a bunch of them here at the Combine this week. Like, if if somebody's here and he tests out of the water, because you know that the Colts love their RAS scores, maybe somebody benches like a crazy number and there's a broad jump and a, uh, you know, a shuttle cone drill. That, you that get a Quentin Nelson workout. All mixes together and you're like, well, we, we got to get this guy here at 15. Then, then you take the guy And you move guys around Like it's not Out of the realm Possibility for Either Braden Smith Or Bernard Ryman To shuffle inside Or to get Draft a guy Who's been in college. a And a Exactly And for, for them To move inside Like it's Building Chris Ballard Has built On the lines He has um, And And after that He is Like as much As it has Maybe sometimes Frustrated Colts fans He's pushed back drafting the, the skilled players.
1: Uh, Isn't is it more likely with his, all with his has, history his history is that he takes a tackle at 15 and he takes a receiver in round two? At 46. Mm-hmm. Or or it's, 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 everybody says it's a deep, deep receiver draft. Right. And, you you know, I've always said, you know, bring Pittman back, which they're going to, and then get a veteran free agent receiver. Yeah. who Who's not 35 but is 28 or whatever and, and can be that guy. And he talked again. He's always talked. He said he, he, in January. He said on my headstone it'll say, you know, he loved offensive linemen. Well, that's mm-hmm. and we and we've seen what happens when you don't have an offensive line two years ago. So, but it, again, we can sit here and we will over the next several weeks. You can argue very strongly for cornerback, for receiver, for tight end, for edge rusher. In for offensive line, now, all you really can argue about is running back and quarterback. Everything I, everything else to me, safety is too high for a safety. But everything else, you can argue and say, yeah, I can see that. Yep. Um, and,
0: and if you look at uh, twenty mock drafts analyzed by uh, Colts.com this week, the JJ, uh, good friend uh, JJ Stankovitz for Colts.com, does like a mock draft Monday. He'll probably do it uh, most uh, most Mondays, if not every Monday now, between now and uh, and the draft. Um, just seeing where different. Uh, Other analysts have the Colts what they have them doing. Uh, Nine of the 20 had them taking a cornerback. Six had defensive end defensive tackle. Three went tight end, which of course would be Brock Bowers. And then two had wide receivers taken there. And I believe Mel Kuyper had them taking uh, a wide receiver. He was one of the two had them taking Keon uh, Coleman out of Florida State. Yeah. Um, So um, at that point, you figure the top three wide receivers are gone, but after that, uh, there's a couple other guys who are who are probably intriguing. And again, it depends on what you um, what you value in, in wide receivers. In it, terms it, of it depends.
1: Yeah, it depends on free agency. Yeah, and And what you do. Hundred well, percent. You because know, I really think the really good teams try to re-sign their own that that makes sense. And, and you know, again, the Colts have four or five quality free agents that they, they would behoove them to re-sign you know, if you don't resign Kenny Moore, well, then all of a sudden cornerback is, mm-hmm. is Becomes really a priority. So, but, uh, yeah, I, again, I think they're in a position where roster-wise nothing just cries out that, man, we've got to have this at 15 because you can argue three or four spots that it'd we, we could really enhance our roster at that spot. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and whether it's uh, defensive end like Layatu Latu out of UCLA and Jared Verse out of Florida State, whether it's cornerback, Quinion Mitchell, Terry and Arnold, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Like,
1: I, I, Wouldn't I, it be cool to have a bunch of cool – a lot of names like that. Ha-ha ha, ha, Clinton Dix. Ha, oh, yeah. yeah. Kool-Aid McKinstry. <laughs> General Booty as your quarterback. From Sauce Gardner. I mean, yes. you, could, you could have the old name team. I love it. As long as they can play, that's cool. And and, and
0: listen, like I, I I want to point this out, and, and this kind of ties into our uh, discussion on the combine this week. And it's not as much – your on-field drills that you're going through, but but it is the numbers that you're getting behind the scenes in those drills that I talked about—the 40-yard dash, shuttle, three-cone drill, broad jump, high jump. Like those things, they have proved the Colts have proven that they care about those physical traits. The last two years, and that's that's where RAS scores come in. The uh, the RAS score, if you don't know what it is, it is basically a compiled number. Uh, that analyzes all of those athletic numbers that uh, that are put out by players and kind of evaluates them by percentage of where, like a wide receiver runs a 4-3, 4-3-2-40, and that puts him in the top two percent, you know, of, of wide receivers to to ever test. If he runs a four four five, then he's in the top, you know, like forty percent or something like that of wide receivers. So it, it weights it kind of that way by percentage. And it gives you a final score at the end of the day between 1 and 10. I strongly encourage you, if you are a Colts fan, to just Google RAS scores. You'll go to like RAS.football or something like that. It is kind of the main website for it. And, and it, it, it can break down different uh, players. It can go by class. You can go by uh, uh, like different team. Um, and, and the last two years the Colts' scores, like they they evaluate this back at least to like the year 2000 from what I've seen on their website. So it's like 23 years of draft history at least. And the Colts, the last two years, 2023 and 2022, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, they have two of the top nine scores all time in terms of average RAS score for your entire draft class. So the Colts' average RAS score in the last two draft classes, those two have been two of the highest, the nine Ooh, highest. Right. You got the
1: name, sir? Um,
0: the, you mean the top other, the the other teams? Well, well, I mean, this is total, like the okay, entire okay, draft okay, class. Okay, you. So yeah, the 23, 2023, I'm sorry got if you. I'm not explaining this well, I'm trying to. It, it's a little bit of a world I, set. I, world I remember salad. last
2: year that they just had a crazy amount right. of just super free G- G- athletic G- guys. Witt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was it, like at the top, the yes. top of the top. Yeah. Right.
0: And actually, 2022, their average RAS score was higher. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, that was like
2: Jelani Woods. That was and stuff. Jelani
0: Woods. Yeah. Yes. That was Alec Pierce. That was Bernard Ryman. Um. So 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 yes, the average RIS score, the the most all time was actually the 2002 Chiefs. That was a long time ago. Their average RAS score was nine eight eight out of ten, which is that's a wow. huge number. And the Colts last year were a 9.48. 9.48. And then 2022, the Colts were a 9.63. Um, you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson, and he was, I believe, he was either a 9.99 or a 10. And the same with Juju Brents was either a 9.99 or a 10. If, if you are a 10 chap, then then you are the the highest uh, great highest tested player that that's ever been recorded.
1: And and again, it's just you just don't want athletes; you want guys who have the traits you want. But the, but then what this does is Chris Ballard and his and his guys are saying. Here's a great athlete with all what we want, speed and agility and all this. Coach him up. Mm -hmm. And if you get the right coaching staff, you know, Reggie Wayne, uh, this guy knows what he's doing. And a lot of these coaches, uh, Tony Sperano, I mean, they know what they're doing. We saw his impact. So give them athletes and let the coach coach them up. We've seen that work in the past. And not working that past. I think we've seen it work the last few years,
0: right? And, and there, there are players that, that again have worked, especially the last couple of years, like you said. I mean, you look back to even to Shaq Leonard; who was a really highly uh, a- athletic linebacker coming from from a lesser tier uh, of schools, uh, an FCS program. But he tested out of the out of the out of his cleats, so they drafted him. Jake Witt, a seventh round pick last year, a guy that I mocked to the Colts, a seventh round offensive tackle out of some bumble, you know what college in Michigan? I mocked to the Colts. What's Matter you exactly, <laughs> Be, I, and I did it along with Juju Brents and Anthony Richardson in our mock draft last year. Not because I'm the smartest person in the world, but because I know what Chris Ballard wants. And again, if you are listening to us right here, uh, like you're you're getting this information because just because of our insight into Chris Ballard. And, and I think that. And I think that we, we give you that better or as good, certainly, uh, as, as anybody else out there. So, like I said, like, if, you, if you want to have an idea of what Ballard's going to do in this draft, you need to follow RAS
1: scores. Because he follows his routine because he believes in it. Exactly.
0: And, and, that's, and to, to a point, Matt, that's kind of what the job of, of, a, of a scouting department is to do. Like, get the most capable guys in here and let the coaches do their job.
2: Well, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head with Anthony Richardson and Juju Brents. I mean, those guys have traits that you can measure and you can see that are off the charts, and that's why they ended up getting both of those guys. And, you know, we, we were last year with the quarterbacks. We were all kind of sweating. What's Ballard going to do? The Colts aren't going to trade up. They're at four. They're not going to get the guy that they want. And as it turns out, they did get the guy that they wanted.
0: right And so if they're looking at a guy who who's who's a cornerback, just for as an example in <clears> this <throat> year's draft in the first round, like it's going to matter who tests the best out of all these guys? Because especially a corner, Chris Bauer has proven to, to really yeah. value traits. And you look at what Juju Brents was last year. I mean, he's he's an athletic freak who scored either a 9-9 or nine 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 or a 10 in RAS scores. So if someone is up there, again, if it, whether it's Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo or Terry and Arnold out of Alabama, if, if someone just blows the testing out of the water. If then, there's
1: plays that are even, they're going to go
0: with right. the tester. Mm-hmm. They will go yeah. with the testing and, and, and say, again, to the coaches, you coach them up. We're bringing this talent in for you, and and then we'll we'll see what we get uh, at the end of the day. So, um, so so definitely pay attention to that over the coming weeks, whether it's at the combine or at pro day and uh who, who knows maybe 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 we'll hit four uh this year i'll, I'll hit four in my colts mock draft players that let us here. know that you did i will i will oh, time and, and time and you again can talk
2: about that all year darn if you right if
0: i hit four oh my goodness i mean i was happy enough with three for crying out loud <laughs> uh, and i even got the trade down to to get juju brents like i traded back in the mock draft and drafted him there in the second round so um uh, a few more things that, that we can discuss the salary cap uh, came in the exact number and it kind of changes up some of the numbers we did last week when we we were talking about the franchise tag because the numbers jumped so highly. It jumped thirty million dollars. Uh, so the cap Colts have uh, now a projected seventy-two point three million dollars in cap space, which is the sixth most in the NFL. And um, and so that hey, that's that's a good thing for Chris Ballard. It's a good thing for players right now this offseason who are who are free agents. It's a good thing for Michael Pittman Jr. who's looking for a big contract or other guys like a Grover Stewart or a Kenny Moore.
1: Other teams get the $30 million as well, so, yeah. mm-hmm. so so the free agent market is a little fatter mm-hmm. as well. Yep,
0: all those teams that, that had uh, salary cap issues, maybe some of them don't have quite as many of them anymore, even though, as we say, uh, the cap's made
2: up and, and it really doesn't matter. There's there's ways to get under it. So but, the Denver Broncos still have to pay a lot of money to Russell Wilson, one way or another.
0: Exactly, or they're going to trade him and have someone else pay all that money, which is probably unlikely. But but they're going to have to shell out some some money. Now they have uh, they are allowed to spend more money. Uh, not that these uh, these NFL owners don't have that type of money. It's the amount that they're allowed to spend, of course, according to the cap. So um, so that's uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And if if um what was I going to say? If agents had been discussion discussing contracts with GMs over the past couple weeks, now they're but going before back before the boost. Like hey. This is
1: tremendous news. Uh, about, all right. About 20%. Yeah. Whatever, whatever we talked about, let's go like 20%. Yeah. About those numbers we were discussing there. Uh, <laughs> let's double it. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's, let's keep looking. Um, the
0: NFLPA has given out its report card uh, for different teams across the league. Like Chap said, the Washington Commanders dead last in the league in terms of uh, all these grades mixed together for evaluating franchises as per the players. Out of 32 teams in the NFL, the Colts ranked 22nd overall. So that's not exactly the best number there. Um they received particularly low marks for treatment of families and for team travel. The treatment of
1: families, I believe, was uh, game day. Game day, yes. They don't pay for child care? Is that what it is? I, something that, like that's that, what yes. I, Yeah, I yeah. think it was day, that they don't
2: offer paid,
1: paid child uh, care. Yeah. Yes.
2: On, yeah.
0: And so they got a D grade for both of
1: those. Again, treatment of families and team travel. And the team travel, if I'm, I, I'll post something maybe next week on this. It had to do with players... Getting not preferential treatment in in seating and getting in crammed seats yeah. while not, not having team room. personnel might be up front in the cushier seats. Right,
0: exactly. So I, I you look around the league and different teams, like some of the teams that are at the
1: bottom of some of these. You like, see, it was thirty one. Kansas City. Kansas City was way down there at the bottom. Washington came in thirty two again. So there is consistency <laughs> in DC. Good for
0: them. It's very consistent, consistently bad. But uh, yeah, everybody wants consistency, chap.
1: As long as you know what you're getting.
0: Exactly. And everybody in Washington apparently knows what they're getting. Um, Shane Steichen had the highest grade in terms of all the things the Colts gave out for, uh, for head coach. He got an A- minus uh, from the team, uh, from the players. And the Colts got C grades for food-slash-cafeteria, weight room, strength coaches, and ownership.
1: And I think that the C grades on like weight room and strength coaches is there weren't enough. Of hands right. for players. Yeah, they,
2: they didn't feel as as far as nutrition goes, they didn't feel like they were getting personalized right. uh, plans that that really suited right. them. And, and, and again,
1: it just it just this this is these are averages of of players' responses, and it probably takes three or four players to trash your yeah. <laughs> to trash your Yeah, rating. Take, take right. you down. Yeah. So, but so but it it, it, it and Chris was talked was asked about this on Wednesday. He said, "Yeah, I saw it, and you know, they they pay attention. They do." and facilities you know how you handle your facilities the colts have great facilities i've always you, you, you use these as guidelines if, if you're a gm that runs things the right, right way or an owner because you do want to have have attractive facilities and infrastructure i'm i'm telling you free agency comes down to two things money and money <laughs> it it yeah. just does. It, we were talking how a couple of players finally told us last year. Maybe it was Ek, might Yeah, he said, yeah, it's, they offered me the best contract. Mm-hmm. That's what you, that that's great. It's money. It's seldom is a player at a point in his career to where he can turn down. There's a few players mm-hmm. just because of they, you know, an Aaron Rodgers type of thing. But if you're a young player or looking for that second contract, you're going to go where the money is. You yeah. just are. And I, I, I forget the exact line from Moneyball, but it was something like,
0: "It's not about the money; it's about what the money says." But at the same point, it's a it's about the money too, because uh, because the money says that you're going to be valued and you're going to be used and you're going to be uh, propped up in, in whatever location you are. And that's what the Col- that's what the Colts did with Ebelcom specifically. He had his, his a career year because he had great opportunity to do so.
1: Yeah, and, and again, it's. Most places, except except for the rats, are not bad places to work. It's just some are better than others. Right. If any, you know, those of us who who are able to walk through the Colts locker room, it's it's beautiful. It's a fine place to it, work. It's yes. a fine place to work. You want to come here to? No, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. Yeah, it, 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 like our studio here, our which is which is here. Spartan. Yes. But but by and large, most places are okay to work in and above okay to work in. The Colts have the practice fields, the indoor facility, weight room. And then and then I don't want to say nitpicking because the, 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 these other things are important about having enough people in the training room, hands-on, and nutrition and all that. But by and large, except for rats, most places are good to work in.
0: Um, the team officially announced some coaching staff additions. Uh, defensive line coach Charlie Partridge, who used to be with uh, Pitt, Passing game coordinator Alex Tanny, uh, formerly with the Eagles, worked with Shane Steichen there. Uh, assistant defensive backs coach Justin Hamilton with the Titans and Virginia Tech before this. Uh, director of sports performance Mike Minnis, formerly with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, is that replacing uh, Rusty? Rusty Jones? Yeah, Rusty Jones, so who's
1: been who had done it forever.
0: Right. So that that's an important position because I mean, heck, yeah, you're looking at uh, a grade there from the NFL uh, PA report card, um, and so that's like, if if the foundation isn't there, then then nothing else is there. Right. So if, if you're looking at someone that is an important person in that building that we don't talk about normally, you know, it's not the head coach, it's not the GM, it's not the owner, it's not a player. Like the director of sports performance is probably, if not the most important, a top five most important uh, person the outside outside of the, players. the biggest, yes. Uh, the top tier uh, in, in that building, so that that's a significant uh, significant hire for sure. Um, okay, free agency uh, key dates. Looking forward, uh, we have one more couple days, like four days from now: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday. So I guess five days uh, until the uh, the window for the franchise tag slash transition tag is over. Um, I anticipate to to see Michael Pittman Jr. How many tagged guys have been then. tagged? Is it just the I think one? it's just T Higgins just so T. Higgins.
2: far. That's the only one I can recall. So yeah. as of the recording of this podcast, right. the caveat,
0: right? So, um, so I, there there will be more, and and like I said, I anticipate Pittman to be one of them, and that's not anything to to throw hands about. No,
1: and if anyone gets been out of shape, then you don't understand. What's going on behind the
0: scenes? You haven't listened to our podcast this week or last week uh, about what's going on. So, so hopefully, if you're still listening right now and you hear it, you 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 know, you you already know. But but we'll add again. Like, no no reason to to freak out if that happens because he's going to be here and they're working toward a contract. Uh, Scouting combines going on right now. Uh, Unrestricted free agency negotiations begin March 11th. So we're about two weeks, a little bit less than two weeks away uh, from that. And March 13th, we are about two weeks away exactly from the new year beginning. And teams can begin to sign unrestricted free agents at 4 p.m. on March 13th. One month later is OTAs in April. Uh, Like we said, that'd be a great day to have Anthony Richardson back. And I assume he'll probably be back at the facility if he's just rehabbing because you're doing strength and conditioning at that point. Maybe I shouldn't assume that, uh, but uh, it it would make sense for him to be there. And uh, then OTAs uh, continue into a little bit more serious work uh, over the coming weeks, uh, especially after the draft, April 25th through the 27th in Detroit, as the Colts hold the 15th overall pick right there, um, at least for now. And uh, plenty of options to to, dis- to discuss, um, and we will discuss them over the coming weeks for sure, and probably break down, I'll break down, I'll bring some of the, the top RAS scores next week, uh, and and for, for our podcast, for... Um, just to kind of give people a, a breakdown of what happened here. It, it stuck combine. out in my
2: mind last year how big the RAS yeah. scores were uh, for the Colts and the previous year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely we'll, we'll want to look at those. Yeah.
0: Um, May 2nd will be the deadline to exercise options on first-round picks, and that includes Quiddy pay from 2021. That means the Colts have an option to pick up a fifth year for Quiddy, which would be valued at $20-plus plus million yeah.
1: I saw the number was 13.
0: Thirteen, I thought. No, no. What? Are you sure?
1: I'm almost positive. I saw the first round. I saw the fifth year options, and because it, it's in tiers.
2: That's right, and it's also sort Pro of performance play, based. Multiple yeah. Pro
1: Bowls. Un, uh, uh, one Pro Bowl, no Pro Bowls, and no Pro Bowls. It was fourteen million, and then if you didn't hit playtime levels, it was thirteen and change.
0: Well, it shows you that I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So uh, that, I, I the,
1: thought that, and, and then because you know the quarterbacks is like I don't know thirty million or right. whatever. But it, it was—I was surprised that it was that low. Which, in my mind, then you do it. Then you pick it up. Yeah,
0: exactly. Quiddy's definitely worth 13 million. I wouldn't say he's worth 25 million, but but 13.
2: As you like, ramble, I'll see if I can find
1: the number.
0: No, no, I I think we can we can do that more again. Okay. Like okay. In, in the future, we don't need to get too much into it. We're no, bringing this to a. It, it was close.
2: definitely. I don't know exactly what the number was, but I saw the same thing, and it was a lot lower than I thought it was, and it was because Quiddy hadn't hit. Pro okay. Bowl, well, all primarily multiple itself. Pro Bowls, yes. right. one Pro Bowl. Got it.
0: Okay, cool. Then, then that's that's tr- really, really good news for, it, it, for everyone it, it. except Quitty Pay, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh, well, <laughs> well yeah. like no, no disrespect to Quitty, no, no, but no. but that, that I think I really do think that's good news for for the Colts and, and makes that decision more of a decision at least, and, and maybe one that kind of tilts in in the favor of Chris Bauer to to be able to sign him because we've talked about even though. Quiddy hasn't been a ten plus sack guy. Last year, he certainly took steps forward, and um, he's definitely valuable uh, in terms of a, a rush defensive lineman. Excuse me, a rush a rush defender is what I'm trying to say. And thirteen point three. There you go, thirteen point three million. Uh, that uh, that's that that's a I think that's a, a, a very, very, very attractive number. Very, a very attractive livable number. number. Yes, very livable. Uh, if he would probably get something like that on on the free market uh, year to year, uh, I. I, I've got to
1: think that that he would, and, if, if not and then more. if he if he emerges this year, next year, then you... tremendous, did, super, yes. Then then you face the, the the enviable task of having to pay for a of a. Top pick that you hit on, right? Quentin Nelson. Yeah, we, we've said
0: that before. That, that's that's the pro- that's a great problem to have, like uh, paying a left tackle left tackle money in, in a couple years in uh, in Bernard in Ryman. Bernard Ryman. right. Yeah. boy, it's going to suck to pay him twenty million dollars. No, you're going to nah, have your left tackle. It's going to be awesome to have a left tackle. Exactly. So that, so those are the problems that you want, and uh, those are the problems that Chris Barrett will have to deal with. But of course, right now it is the combine on his plate, and after that, free agency. So uh, in terms of uh, adding to the foundation that is already here, plenty that we will discuss in the coming weeks on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can read Mike Chappell's work online at fox59.com and cbs 4 indicom Follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone collectively. I am Dave G at underscore sports. Matt is at statimatty. Mike is at Mchapel 51 We do appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.